It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings, it's the Locked on Podcast Network. It's Sam Ekstrom and Sage Rosenfels with you on a beautiful Friday morning. I cover the Vikings for zonecoverage.com. Sage used to play quarterback in the National Football League. And Sage, you probably uh, remember a few training camps from your past where you might have had joint practices with another team. The Vikings are now doing that with the Jacksonville Jaguars, August 15 and 16 at TCO Performance Center in advance of their second preseason game. Jacksonville will be joining the Vikings for joint practices. They did this a couple of years ago with Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Now they get to host one at their new facility. That's the big Vikings news of the day. Yeah, and I, I did this multiple times in my career. Uh, I believe in Miami we went to a couple of places. We went to uh, Tennessee one time and practiced for a few days. Um, before it wasn't even having a, it wasn't a preseason game. It was actually just a Saturday scrimmage. I mean, early, early training camp. Uh, and then we also went to Houston one time, uh, during training camp, which really wasn't a a reprieve from the heat, you know, going from Miami to Houston in August. Uh, and I'm trying to think was when I was in Houston, um, we went to new Orleans and practice against the Saints before preseason game. So I love it. I don't know. You know, Bill Belichick has been doing it now more and more and more. Uh, it's a chance to get you know get out of your sort of out of your training the training camp mode. So it's always nice to go against somebody else. Uh, and obviously, teams always do this against teams that they you know they're not in their division that they're not going to play uh, at, at any point usually that season. And so I I think it's great, and I think it'll be uh, great for Jacksonville to get out of the heat, come up to Minnesota, and obviously practice at that state of the art uh, practice facility in Egan. For sure. When you did this against other teams, I think people tend to think about the chippiness of these joint practices. I know the Vikings and Bengals got in some shoving matches a couple of years ago. Uh, were there any any grudges held after those practices? Uh, there was, I believe there was a couple of times where things got a little bit chippy, but uh, usually not too bad. You, know, you really have to, it's really almost up to the defense. The de- and, you know, the offensive line, they, they can't be cutting and, and sort of taking cheap shots. I mean, it, it's hard because you really want to protect uh, you know, both sides of, of the thing. And at the end of the day, it is just a practice. Um, and as I said, most importantly, is you're not going to play each other, you know, during the season. And, 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 you know, a lot of times they even go opposite conference. So you don't even have a chance of really playing against each other, you know, in the playoffs or something. So, you know, as a player, I looked at it as a, uh, a practice in front of another team. You know, maybe you play for the Vikings now that the future, maybe there's a Viking that because of these practices ends up signing in Jacksonville, you know, after getting cut in Minnesota. That's interesting. And I'm sure there's a bunch of fringe guys that uh, that will be looking for jobs come September. So that's a, that's a really interesting point. That'll be August 15 and 16 before the Vikings uh, home preseason opener in week two of the preseason in mid-August. So what we've been doing on the show, Sage, we've been going through the divisions, uh, division by division, guessing the over-unders that they've set for the season. We've gotten through three. Let's do two more today. We're going to do the NFC South and then move to the AFC and do the AFC North. So starting with the NFC South, we've got uh, 
Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers, and Saints. Obviously, the Saints took a huge step last year. Falcons, always competitive. The Buccaneers seem to, to usually underwhelm. And the Panthers, they've got a new owner now. They're kind of up and down. They're the unpredictable team of the bunch. What do you think about the Atlanta Falcons' new deal for Matt Ryan, who's getting paid, what, $30 million per year now? He's even uh, better paid than Kirk Cousins. Uh, what do you think about Atlanta's prospects? Well, this division is uh, historically, you know, about the last eight or so years, eight, ten years, uh, I, I think there's a stat where um, they've never had back-to-back division winners. It's, it's been a new division winner every single season. And so, you know, that, that probably will be the case, uh, you know, this year as well. Uh, everyone seems to have a shot in this division. Obviously, you know, Tampa is the weakest, you know, team in this division. So starting off the Atlanta Falcons, I, I like them a lot. And I think they're up. Just based off of us doing this contest thing for the last few weeks for this uh, trying to judge how many wins they have, I'm going to go with it's either going to be 9.5 or 10.5, I would assume. This is one of those teams that's always on the verge of the playoffs or in the playoffs. Uh, this seems like usually a 10-win ball club. So I'm going to go 9.5 is their over-under. You nailed it. 9.5 for the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I like their defense a lot, but, you know, the offensive weapons they have, I want to say – they added uh, one of the top receivers in the draft to they go had, with uh, Ridley. Yes, I they had Ridley from Ridley. Alabama. Yes, uh, who was a very good receiver, but not a big guy. He's a smaller guy. You know, he's not a definitely not a Julio Jones. And and uh, you know, more weapons for Matt Ryan. They've been putting great weapons around him really since they drafted him. Yeah, and they had to replace Taylor Gabriel with a speedster. They do so. They bring in Ridley. So now it's the Crimson Tide tandem with Jones and Ridley on that team. How about the New Orleans Saints, last year's division champion, lost to the Vikings in the divisional round in the Minneapolis Miracle. The Saints had a really young defense last year, and they got better as the season went along. Now they're a little more seasoned. On offense, they lose Mark Ingram to a suspension for the first four games, but they still have Alvin Kamara. They've got Michael Thomas, Drew Brees. Uh, That offense, I think, will still be pretty good. What do you think about New Orleans? I like New Orleans as one of the best teams in the NFC this year, uh, but because of sort of how this rating system is, I, I see them very similar to, to Atlanta. I see them as a nine and a half over under. They are at eight and a half, but here's what's interesting. So I also have access to the odds, and there are more people taking the over on the Saints yeah, than any other so. team in the NFL. So there, there's a bunch of bets on the over at eight and a half. That's basically a 500 record, and that that's guessing – Uh, a regression for New Orleans and I just don't see that happening it feels like they've successfully come out of this rebuild and here they are with one of the best quarterbacks of all time and he proved that he can still play in in the playoffs last year that second half against the Vikings was remarkable I don't think the offense is going to get any worse it's just a question of whether the defense can stay healthy whether they can uh, keep playing at a high level and I, I feel like they can I feel like with Sean Payton and Drew Brees kind of running things offensively that team is going to be tough well yeah and they were very they were a very young team last year young defensively so I don't know how they would take a step back as uh, what I thought was one of the better teams in the NFC last year I just don't see how they take a step back uh just gotten older they've gotten more mature more experienced and again Drew Brees uh you know he's not going to change he's he's going to be the same good player uh, obviously missing the running back for four games doesn't help them uh, but Alvin Kamara is a very, very good player, and, and with Sean Payton's offense, I read a great stat this morning 
since Sean Payton has been in New Orleans, they've only finished out of the top five in offense and scoring something like once or maybe twice, which is absolutely incredible. Their offense will be good and just fine without their starting running back. Let's go to the Panthers. This team that kind of has an unpredictable nature. They're in the Super Bowl one year, then they take a big step back, and last year they sort of restabilized and uh, made the playoffs, lost a tight one to New Orleans in the wild card round. Panthers over under, your best guess. Well, also they have North Turner as the new offensive coordinator, uh, which was, I thought, a really big surprise. He'd never been around a, a quarterback like Cam Newton before who could use his legs, nor really is not a serious spread guy in, in any sort of sense. So I think they're taking a step back. Uh, you know, and maybe this is not what the, the numbers you're saying here, but I should I see them as a 7.5 as over-under. Yeah, they're 8.5, which is still a step back from the 11 wins they had last year. Obviously, they dealt the Vikings one of their three losses in the regular season. But uh, the Norv experiment is going to be interesting. He brings in uh, Jarius Wright from Minnesota, brings in uh, Jeremiah Searles, the offensive lineman from Minnesota. Got a couple Vikings there in the mix, but we'll see how they like Norv. I know Vikings fans sort of soured on him, and then he obviously resigned his post here in Minnesota but eight and a half for the Panthers. So right now we've got three teams over the eight win mark at eight and a half, eight and a half, and nine and a half. And that leaves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can probably guess uh, whereabouts they're going to be at. What are your best guesses on the Bucs? It's not going to be very good. Um, five and a half, maybe six and a half. I'm going to give them the benefit. I'm going to say six and a half for the Bucs. Yeah, you, you pegged that one exactly right. Six and a half for Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston, is this year four of Jameis? Fourth year I've, for him? I, I believe so, and uh, you know people were really excited after his rookie year. He hasn't gotten, you know, his whole concern was off the field, what was going to be like off the field. Really hasn't had any issues there, uh, but on the field, his performance uh, has not sort of <clears throat> improved at the, you know, every year uh, like like you'd like to see. You haven't seen that progression, so uh, you know who knows what the future is for Jameis Winston uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if he's going to end up getting a big long-term deal or not. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. I think Jameis sort of makes his identity as being this really vocal leader. He's got those big pregame speeches. Uh, he's a very emotional guy. When you're losing, do you think that sort of activity wears thin on a team if it's not working or if you're not playing as well? Yeah, yeah you know, I don't, that's a good question. I think that, uh, you know, being a leader of a football team, uh, you know, your words mean something, but it's all about, you know, really how you perform on the, <clears throat> how you perform on the field and, and uh, your actions speak louder than your words. And 
Winston has not played at a super high level the last couple of seasons, so he can give all the pre, uh, you know, pre-game speeches he wants. It's really about his play in the field, and at some point, uh, that becomes annoying to you know the rest of the team because they're not seeing you know that that those great performances on the field. They're just seeing these performances in pre-game. All right, AFC North. We'll do one more of these divisions, and then we'll let you enjoy your weekend. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, AFC North. Your thoughts? Not a not a huge fan of the Ravens. I like them as a again like probably a six and a half, you know, maybe seven and a half win football team. They're giving them eight and a half on this particular publication. I might, I might take the under on that one. The, I think the only thing that helps them is that you know the, the, the Browns are in that division, so that's two easy wins. Do you think Flacco keeps his job most of the year, or do you think Lamar Jackson takes over at some point? I think he keeps his job most, if not all, the year. I, I'm really intrigued. Of all the sort of the quarterbacks in the preseason, I'm really intrigued to see how Lamar Jackson you know, fits into a, a true pro-style offense. And also, I'm interested to see how they use him in an offense because they're, you know, for a, a number one and a number two guy, you probably can't find two quarterbacks more different in styles of offense uh, and styles of play and strengths and weaknesses than Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if that defense can sort of sort of get back to where it used to be. That was such a tough defense for a few years there when Ray Lewis was anchoring, and they lost their edge past couple seasons. We'll see if they can kind of get back to where they were. Browns, the Cleveland Browns, no wins last year. Will they improve? <laughs> I think so. They'll win a couple games this year. I'm going to put their over-under at uh, whew, four and a half. You're getting, you're getting good at this game, man. Four and a half is exactly right. If they get five wins, that's got to be about – it'll be about as good as anybody as far as improved <laughs> win totals from 2017 to 2018. That's right. That's exactly right. I wonder if fans would be, like, pleased with that or if, if people in Cleveland are expecting this kind of – this meteoric rise now that they have so much young talent in place. I mean, that's still a pretty bad season, four or five wins. Again, quarterback question marks. You know, do they go with Taylor? Do they go with Mayfield? I got to think Mayfield wins that job at some point. It's just so many pieces on offense, but where do they all fit? It's up to Hugh Jackson to piece all these puzzle pieces together. He's 1 and 31 his last two seasons as a head coach. Do you think they give him much leash this year? No, I, I, I think this is it. I, you got to think. And, and I like Hugh Jackson a lot, but, um, you know, at some point you got to. You got to show improvement. So unless I said unless they get to a, I would say five wins. If they're still sitting at two, three, four wins, this is uh, I, I would think the last year for Hugh Jackson uh, in uh, in Cleveland. So we don't really like Baltimore that much. We don't like Cleveland, and Cincinnati was was one of the more pitiful teams at the end of last year. Where do you see the Bengals going? Yeah, we saw that Cincinnati game versus the Vikings, and they sort of shut it down about halftime, and and uh, you know fairly easy, probably one of the easier wins, mm-hmm. you know, for the Vikings throughout the for throughout the uh, the year. Uh, I see the Bengals as six and a half, and even a little below that, five and a half for the Bengals. So that'd be four and a half Browns, five and a half Bengals, two of the the worst teams in the NFL according to these projections. Now, a lot of people uh, are even betting the under on Cincinnati from the stats I'm seeing. So that means that people are even more pessimistic there. Andy Dalton sort of plateaued, didn't he? You know, I think people thought he'd be a top-five quarterback at some point, and he didn't really improve off of his first few seasons. Well, and A.J. Green seems like just sort of has sort of disappeared. They just haven't found 
uh, a way to get him, you know, 100 catches every year. He was a premier receiver. I think talent-wise, he still is a premier receiver. But whether it's Dalton throwing him the football or the offensive coordinator designing ways to get A.J. Green the ball, he is not currently a premier receiver based off of the statistics. And so uh, this also could be, you know, the last year for, for Marvin Lewis. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know if he got a contract extension in the offseason or whatever, but you know, he's been there a long, long uh, uh, time and, and it might be time for him to go as well. That's a very loyal franchise. They've kept him around much longer than most NFL coaches, I think, would stay. Last one, AFC North, probably your projected champion of the division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you got? Well, I think they're going to be a fairly high number, probably 10 and a half, which is, I, I believe we've talked about, that's the highest number of anyone in the NFL is 10 and a half. And part of that reason uh, is because, you know, if they were, like, say, in the NFC South, with the Saints and with uh, you know uh, you know those teams Atlanta, I'd see this as maybe nine and a half, but I'm gonna go with ten and a half because the AFC North is so weak. Yep, ten and a half, exactly right. You almost ran the table in that division. This I would probably take the over on the Steelers just based on that fact that they probably get two against Cleveland, probably two against Cincinnati, and you know I got to think they at least split with Baltimore, if not sweep that series as well. I don't know who they play in the NFC, but there's potential there to win 12 or 13 if you're Pittsburgh and not have to put forth all that much effort. And it seems like Mike Tomlin's teams, all they do is is win 11, 12, 13 games in the regular season. And they have these these very odd kind of blackouts where they'll lose by like 28-1 game. You think they're going in the wrong direction and then boom, they rattle off four in a row. That's a great coach right there. Mike Tomlin, 10 years now. I think he's going into his 11th year in Pittsburgh, and he's got to be one of the winningest coaches uh, over that time span. Well, usually what happens is they lose a game really badly. Ben Roethlisberger talks about retirement, and then they go on about a four- or five-game <laughs> winning streak. So Ben just talk about re- uh, retiring. You know, he's, he's, he sort of has become the Favre uh, of this generation, I guess, of the guy who, you know, he sort of, they play a similar way. They're sort of playmakers. Uh, and, uh, and they, you know, they get beat up a lot and, and probably have too long of press conferences and probably say too much in the press conferences and then sort of threaten or, or talk about retire for about three or four years in a row at the end of their career. Yeah. It's going to be weird, isn't it? In about three years when there's probably no breeze, no Brady, uh, no Roethlisberger, Manning, Rivers, Manning, the Brady. I don't know if I said Brady or not. There's about four five, six guys that have been legends in this league that probably are not going to be around for long. It's going to be a new generation. And then by that point, Rogers will be, you know, in his upper thirties as well. So uh, there's a changing of the guard coming at quarterback. Quarterbacks are sort of like kickers and punters is that when you're pretty good, you can last for a long, long time. You're different than receivers and running backs and, you know, D linemen. It's hard to play for a decade, but quarterbacks now are playing for 15 to, to 18, 19 years, taking care of their body and, and understand that you can play for a long time. So, uh, you know, these guys have extended their careers and there's just fewer spots available for young guys to, to you know, fill into those roles and, you know, you know, there'll definitely be, I'm sure, a whole bunch of conversations of when all these guys sort of go, you know, who is the next, uh, you know, group of great quarterbacks to, to lead this league. Rodgers, as you said, will be at the end of his career. Russell Wilson uh, will be right in that mix. Uh, you know, there's a whole group of guys here. But, uh, you know, as you said, there's about five, maybe almost six guys who are, uh, you know, almost Hall of Fame type guys uh, who are going to be retiring probably within two or three years of each other. Mm-hmm. Sage, it's been a pleasure as usual. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, all of our listeners as well. My name's Sam Ekstrom. He's Sage Rosenfels. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network.
Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer, to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.